Hi, this is David, and this is the next episode of the Crumpy Old Coders podcast. Or we're talking today a little bit about the retrospective of the year 2020. <laughs> I guess actually, actually, I think it would not be too funny, <laughs> given that it was a really shit year. <laughs> but the worst of 2020. Uh, <laughs> it would be more interesting. <laughs> Uh, exactly, but I have with me before we start digging into it, our uh, Thomas, our, and I believe we don't need to introduce ourselves anymore. If you need to have an introduction of us, then just listen to the first episode of Crumpy Old Corners. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, today's format is a bit different than than usual. What we just did is we we came up with some topics. That might have been interesting in 2020, and uh, now we are going to throw them into the room and just have a vital discussion about them, right? And I'm I'm throwing the first one into the room, and let's see, which is official Corona applications hey. so far for tracking purposes and so on. Uh, Thomas, yeah. should I start? What do you yeah. know about that? Why not? So. Um... If you remember, there was I think Apple and Google. I don't I don't remember if they had individual applications, or if they collaborated and brought out one application for everybody. And you know, I, I remember some governments used it, some didn't. And of course, the UK government, in their wisdom, said this this we're not going to use this application. We're going to build our own application. And, well, depending on which sources you look at, it cost between 25 and 35 million Great British Pounds, which now after Brexit, I don't know, is like two euros or something. Yeah, I, I don't two euro fifty euros. You might get a Big Mac and a Coke for that. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, 35. Well, actually, I think the pound's gone up, you know. I think the pound's Man. gone up after Brexit because everyone is relieved that the world hasn't actually ended. But anyway, so so we had this application. I, I still have it on my phone, and well, well the features are well, are quite a few. So it it does the contact tracing. Apparently, it works via Bluetooth. So as soon as you switch off Bluetooth, the app starts shouting at you, and uh, it apparently it exchanges. Uh, an anonymous ID with nearby uh, Bluetooth compatible Bluetooth devices. That's apparently how it works. Um, I'm assuming, well, it can't work any other way. I'm assuming this anonymous ID is then uploaded somewhere, so the connections can be made with other anonymous IDs, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it kind of in, can in, only in work Germany, like that, right? in, in the in the German one, you can actually regenerate it, right? Okay, so I don't a... have that button here and that up. It's in the settings, or so yeah. the German one allows you to regenerate it in order to have it re anonymous, right? Because otherwise, uh, it, it might not be <laughs> given the fact that uh, they have your movement patterns and, and but, stuff like that. Right? But if you change the ID, you, you yeah. lose all the previous contacts that you've been in contact, right? So if don't, don't you? So if, if you had a contact with an, another person, Maybe. 
yesterday and today That's i changed a good the id point. how That's can a good it point yeah so maybe maybe they actually mapped the new id to the old one but then there's no value in, in i was about to say that it. defeats the point of changing <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly but it gives you maybe a better feeling about that yes <laughs> you're not oh, I've being changed tracked it. i'm anonymous again well you are exactly yeah you could also I, to... I don't know if you had this we had a venue check-in right so in, if you were visiting a gym then the gym now had a big qr code and you had to scan that with the app as a sort of check-in procedure which apparently helps with contact tracing as well did you have that as well in your app uh check-in i didn't see this actually so i mean the uh, german one looks quite basic so if i would open it now in my phone it's basically just giving me an indicator of uh, how big my risk is uh, based on some contract yes. tracing and based on uh, positive or negative test results of persons I could have had, had yeah. contact with, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So and my, uh, you can you can receive the test results via the app. This is something I, yes. I did already. So you can basically after you get tested, you get a kind of code and you can enter it into the yeah. app in order to retrieve your test result. Yeah, that's that's the same. Yeah, we have the same. You can I think you can even book the test. Although to be fair, the book just opens a link in the browser. You know, it's not really a functionality. And then it also shows you your your local levels because we have local levels. Our levels are medium high very high and four the risk <laughs> level you mean okay you know medium and four right? me, yes medium high very high and level four you know okay so they, they <laughs> ran a bit out random, of superlatives right? or something yeah. uh, exactly ultra level ultra. Uh, yes yes uh, you're already man. dead level four it's yeah. actually not that funny but <laughs> it isn't we shouldn't really make light of it yeah you're right fault yeah but i mean Let's yeah strike that from no. the protocol it's at least at least not politically correct but on the other hand side um yeah i mean i mean the the topic i wanted to talk a bit about um if it comes to those corona apps is actually how expensive they are right i, I mean crazy. i was a bit shocked when i when i looked at the price tag of the german corona app it was developed by sap as far as i understood right uh, and mm. uh, regarding the press the the initial price was 7.15 million euro it's right? crazy and for, for just these, yeah, million. just these these few functionalities i mean my one as i said 25 million pounds you know for these four features you know i, I would have done it for 24 million yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Me too, right? <laughs> but uh, the the funny thing is that uh, T Systems, uh, so which is a kind of daughter company of the German Telekom, uh, tele, so Deutsche Telekom, mm. um, kind of consultancy services company mm. uh, of them, right? They actually wanted to have seven point eight million in addition for the infrastructure and the setup of the hotline. Right. Oh, yeah, I suppose you need a hotline. Yeah, that's a good point. And then they are charging 2.5 up to 3.5 million per month for operating the app, right? Wow. So Which how... is meaning that the total price will be around, so approximated, or approximately uh, 67.45 million euro until the end of our FY21, right? 
That's crazy. Uh, and sorry, and the CY21, right? Yeah. I imagine you need many people sitting in that call center, right? Would be interesting to know how many calls per hour they get. Yeah. I'm not sure how they how they calculate the price, I have to say, right? I mean, they, you can buy like... a lot of interest, infrastructure <laughs> and a I lot s- of ops personnel. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so the personnel, yeah. how much do you think a call center person earns? Maybe 30k a year, something like that? Yeah, but it's only the person in the call center. You're yeah, I know there's the right? infrastructure also, but... I guess they, they need to have DevOps persons and they are holding yeah, much so. more, right? Yeah, they Something are like expensive. That. Operator systems engineers, blah blah. Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't look totally realistic, right? I mean, coming from this industry, I have the feeling that something like uh sixty seven dot four five million euro, right? For I'm not sure. This is not one year. It's more than a year, but of total cost of ownership for an app which has a quite basic feature set is actually I don't know, right? Is is quite a lot, I would say. Mm. Mm. You wonder if they've given the contract to you know a, a nephew of a niece, you know, something like that at an inflated cost. Maybe not in your case with <laughs> T systems, but in the UK there mm-hmm. were allegations about uh, PPE, uh, which is personal protective equipment, and uh, you know government contracts have been awarded to companies that have just established six months ago, and the uh, you know the, the CEO of the company was related to you know high-ranking politicians, so that sort of stuff has gone on as well. Oh, I don't know, yeah. was any of that in Germany? I don't know, right? I, I didn't see this in the media, but my my feeling is that what our well, the German government just did is, or this is just a feeling, right? There's no actual empirical evidence or whatever, uh, as far as I know. But the the feeling is a little bit right um, that what happened is the same as why people are or why IT are leaders are buying IBM, right? I'm not not that IBM would be bad or whatever, right? But the the thing there's this yeah. saying, no one got fired so far because he decided to go with IBM, right? Yes, as exactly. A, or Microsoft as a, as a or CIO yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. So absolutely. or Microsoft or whatever, right? Because um it, it was kind of still my best knowledge. You can assume that even if they have a a, a more pricey price tag, right? that uh, they have some knowledge and competence and so on, right? So mm. if the German government would have put maybe half the money or even less into the into the game by, by just asking a, a Berlin startup to implement this application, and probably the Berlin startup would have done the, the pure implementation part within two weeks or whatever, right? Probably. Then uh, the next question would have been, okay, the operational part is actually a bit more complex, I would say, right? But but anyway, right? So if you would have done this and then something fails for some odd reason, right? I mean, software has bugs and so on, right? Then you can could blame them that they basically risk the health of yeah, people or 
by by kind of going with an odd decision to to use a yeah. young startup for it and indeed both of us would say hey yeah we could develop this application <laughs> right just give us 10 percent of the price and everything is fine but again if, if we would kind of have a stupid bug inside it then it would be a different story than for the yeah, government at least right uh, then then having us sap to do it which is kind of one of the bigger or if not the biggest german software company right? oh yeah as, as as you know sap is known all over the world yeah of course Indeed, nobody gets yeah. fired by you know using sap yeah i think they have their headquarter in waldorf is it waldorf? yeah waldorf sounds right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well maybe I'm yeah. Mixing it up. Maybe. yeah that's exactly it you can't be seen making a risky decision in government yeah. can you especially with something that is as serious as this virus exactly yeah. exactly so so it's kind of more yeah insurance right there's yes. an insurance included if buying it from sap uh instead of buying it from a small uh Berlin startup with no reputation or a small reputation which basically doesn't maybe even mind if it loses this reputation because it can easily because the founders could found another company next yeah, week exactly. whatever right just so, go into liquidation and start a new yeah. one yeah, exactly which is not the same thing for for a company like ibm sap microsoft or whatever right so yeah. if they would screw it up then they would screw it up bigger <laughs> true yeah, I don't know yeah. if that app actually works, the contact tracing app. You know, I've, I've never gotten any alert or anything. I know that doesn't mean anything. It's just totally anecdotal. But yeah, it would be interesting <laughs> to see. There are, um, you know, there are... Given the fact that you'd never experienced it, it has to be a dummy application, Yes, right? exactly. So, uh, it's for the same reason why it, you never saw the virus in yes. action, right? It if has. it doesn't affect me, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, we're making light of dark stuff again. Yeah, my fault. Just yeah, I'm just coming yeah. off um, at the time of recording just now. The the prime minister has announced another national lockdown, which probably goes on till February or even March. Basically, it goes on until the uh, vaccination bites. Mm -hmm. You know, until we have herd immunity, because of the new variant of the virus. Uh, which is now, which is only in the, the UK. The right? UK virus, yes, which you keep insisting only exists. It's no longer the, the China virus. It's not the UK virus. <laughs> the UK virus. Yeah, you you know the, the the other day I talked. Well, you know the, the the house next door. There was a guy painting it. You know, a nice guy, a sort of the earth. And we got chatting, and he said, you know, with this virus, China has a lot to answer for. I said, hmm, yeah, well. Maybe that's not the way to look at it. But I suppose now, if I talk to him, we could argue that the UK has a lot to answer for because it came from here. You know, would be interesting logic to hear what he has to say to that. <laughs> logic sometimes gets you right, so yeah. especially if it is just an, such an odd version of logic, right? So, uh, anyway, it, it uh, is. There are people who just believe what these tabloid newspapers print. It's it's depressing sometimes. You know, nice guy, great chat, uh, great great guy. Would love to have a have a beer with him or anything. But very good in painting houses. <laughs> very yes, yes. You know, a bit slow. He was at it for I think two weeks or something. You know, but you know, nice guy. There you yeah, go. but maybe uh, yeah. But yeah, I had this 
today as well, right? So I had uh, today, which is untypical for me. I usually don't have uh, Facebook discussions, right? <gasps> so I Facebook. try to stay away from this uh, stuff like someone is posting something and then I'm, I'm trolling around or whatever, right? <laughs> I'm usually not doing this. But sometimes it just gets too political and then I'm, I'm just leaving my comments as well. Or I'm not yeah. going into details, but uh, I, I have the feeling sometimes people have the tendency to to think a little bit one-dimensional, right? So they, they mm. basically make a statement and there is a is an obvious consequence, which is basically taken as the truth, right? But there is there are so many nuances or to this uh, to this statement, right? That this one consequence isolated alone doesn't make any sense, right? So you would need to to kind of take five other dimensions into account yeah. uh, in order to to have a more complete picture or even hundred dimensions, right? Even dimensions that are not obvious, obvious right? But my, my feeling is sometimes people are, are just stopping at the first one, right? So hey, this is the consequence, that's it, right? And it was also about uh, economy and whatever, right? I, well, now I'm talking about it anyway. Uh, so, so basically, there was a report, a study, I think uh, by the ECB, uh, mm. so which was saying that uh, Germans are less rich in average, right? Why? So they they have uh, as their own money, right? So less know. rich compared to uh, earlier, compared to the past, or no, compared no, to another less country. rich than than other country than oh, other people in other countries, right? And uh, this richness was defined by by owning something, right? So meaning having cash, having money in the bank, having okay. uh, houses, having, uh, yeah, uh, mm. and so on, right? So uh, Surely but, many uh, people in, in Africa or India would disagree with that. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I, I mean, they, they kind of are, yeah, compared with Spain and France and Greece. Mm. And so on, right? And uh, and then the the average I, I don't remember the number, right? The average amount of money a German has is fifty k euro, right? Uh, whereby okay. whereby the average uh, uh, amount of money in Cyprus, I think it's Cyprus in English, right? So yeah, yeah, Cyprus. Sometimes, Cyprus. Zypern. It, yeah, Zypern, yeah. <laughs> in Cyprus, the the average amount is I don't know. 300,000 or whatever, right? But uh, the, the statistic is basically ah. just an average. First of all, it's an average, which is the first issue with it, right? So Because yes. it's uh, it's not uh, looking at the distribution of, uh, of uh, the money or goods or houses or whatever, right? Uh, this is the first issue. And the second issue is uh, that are specific con- uh, countries, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like Cyprus, for instance, or Luxembourg, um, have mm-hmm. yeah, tax-friendly conditions which inspires other people to actually uh, invest their money there, right? Well, not, not only invest. Many British people retire to Cyprus. So that's a thing. Or you they know. retire there. Yeah, and, and obviously you go there when you can afford it and not before. So, officially yeah. live there and so on, right? And mm. uh, yeah, there there's more about that, right? And uh, I think the statistic is also a bit... Or the metric is actually a bit metric. 
because it doesn't tell anything about the the well-being within the country right so oh yeah exactly the standard of living yeah exactly the standard of living right (laughs) it's uh, the fact that someone in spain just an example right the fact that someone in spain might have uh had a house uh which was inherited ages ago, right? And now because the the prices of houses everywhere in Europe went a bit crazy, right? Um, is is worth in average much more, right? Than, <laughs> uh, yeah, or across all the people, right? Maybe the amount or the rate of owning houses is made maybe higher in Spain than in Germany. I didn't see this statistic, to be honest, but uh, just yeah. an assumption, right? And the culture is maybe also different, right? And especially in bigger cities, Germans tend to rent more, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, whereby, whereby maybe uh, our... Uh, also has uh, kind of uh, it's also influenced by the population distribution or who is living in cities, who is living in are at the countryside blah blah right and so on so so meaning the the this number itself is kind of misleading <laughs> as as statistics are often right but people don't think about this right people yeah. are kind of having this tendency nowadays to kind of take everything as a as a fact as soon as there is one single conclusion made of it right so it's, mm. it's like yeah no i hear what you're saying this sort of uh, it, it sounds harsh if I say this, but this tendency to be intellectually lazy, as as you say, just accept the first fact and not dig into it, you know, like the China virus. So this is the China virus. Yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. This is the China obviously. virus because, because it came from China. Right? Yeah. As the president said as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. no one knows for sure what the story is, right? If it was designed or not, but at the end, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't um, matter. In the, in a yeah. sense, right? We now have to deal with it. And if it originated from China or Italy or Germany or the UK, uh, yeah. who cares, right? The thing that really gets me is that with these discussions, that really divides people. You know, in the UK, I know marriages have broken up because of Brexit. You know, one was for, one was against. And, you know, constantly arguing. I, I know people from my circle of friends, you know, who are so passionate that they have broken their friendships. You know, oh, she's she's a Remainer. You may not know this. Remainer are obviously the ones who voted Remain uh, to stay in the EU. And, and others who are leavers, I think is the term, leavers. It says, okay, she's a leaver. I can't talk to her anymore. And I think that is really the problem. I, th- I think you, you can, it's totally fine to have different opinions. But just, you know, just be civil about it. Just say, okay, right, let's agree to disagree. Let's stay friends. Let's talk about something else, maybe. You know what I mean? Don't you think? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's the same in the US, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, big uh, time. Society is kind of split, right? I know people that are supporting Trump, and I know people that are not supporting Trump, right? And I I learned that uh, from from a... friend of mine that uh, is even in within their uh, family a problem that there are supporters and non-supporters and so on right yeah all of this so yeah it's just kind of uh, families yeah. are mirroring the society to a specific degree let's say right so you you have this the same issue as uh, as uh, let's say at a higher scale in this kind of microcosmos uh, mm. which is represented by your family right yeah 
Maybe that's anyway. just how people are. Anyway, I think we were going to talk about tech. I'm not sure how we <laughs> went into politics yeah. or society <laughs> Because politics or... is a very interesting topic at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah. is, but it's also yeah. a very risky topic. And very much so. It's maybe getting too boring too easily <laughs> for our listeners. So let's get maybe. let's get out of it right now. All right. Good. Okay, fine. So let's uh, maybe more interesting topic which I have on my list is uh, for twenty twenty. I had the feeling that twenty ten twenty. I mean, indeed, was the year of Corona, which is bad, and uh, we still have to suffer the consequences and so on. Right, but mm. um, it was also the year of AI. From my point of view, maybe maybe I missed or this kind of hype or the year before, but it was already there, kind of. But I had the feeling that uh, AI became much more commodity, let's say, right? So it's yeah. no longer something which is kind of yeah, we might use it uh, or or not, and uh, yeah, not sure about it, and it's only a niche thing or whatever, right? I have the feeling that AI as a service or as yeah frameworks and whatever right in in uh, software development became pretty much commodity and people are just using it right yeah that's the thing i think this is uh, yeah in, in one part is this is a cloud thing because now for the first time really we have that massive compute power basically on tap as you say you know on demand whenever you need it that that's one thing and the other thing you now have all these tools these these frameworks, TensorFlow, or whatever mm -hmm. they called. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I noticed sort of the same trend uh, in 2020 and probably starting off in the years before. Uh, data scientists are now the rock stars, you know, guys like you and me who just code are, you know, we are old news. It's all about the data <laughs> scientists Grumpy old coders, right? Grumpy but, old uh, coders. I, yeah, exactly. I actually have on my to-do to -do list to get a bit more <laughs> into data science. Or That's one of my New Year's resolutions. Yeah, that's... I, whatever I this means, right? Because it's a very wide field. It can be anything between just mathematical statistics, right? So mm -hmm. data mining up to machine learning or, or yeah or let's say deep learning as well right um big data i mean big data is kind of uh, a term which we heard a lot over the last or uh, maybe five yeah. to ten years when, when did right? this come up 2005 2006 yeah i think this yeah. is a long while maybe a little bit later data. i'm not, maybe, not yeah. exactly sure maybe in 2008 i'm trying like to that. think isn't that one of the the things that ingress did when they started out didn't they start out in 2006 no, yeah, but they active. they kind of they kind of miss the big data thingy in the yeah. first step. It's actually quite interesting um, because we're talking about Ingress, both of us were employed with them, right? Mm -hmm. So what they did initially is they more competed in the normal database market, let's say, with companies like MySQL and Postgres and so on, right? And then they they started to to explore options how to become better in data warehousing stuff, right? reporting having something like vector bias is how they called their column store right mm. and it was more like a traditional column store like sybase iq and so on right or sap hana is uh, is another example they actually yeah. they have a hybrid whatever but um the uh, the big data stuff kind of got more traction with something like hadoop spark and so on right so where it was about cheap storage distributed file systems 
doing yeah. MapReduce jobs in a distributed way, uh, right, um, across it and so on. Plus NoSQL indeed, right, NoSQL movement. And Ingress initially didn't play in this league. I mean, nowadays, I think they, they kind of, um, yeah, they are a bit more aligned with what's trendy, I, I guess. I mean, I don't follow them too much, but um, for instance, you could see that Big Data kind of got, or the... It's actually interesting, right? <laughs> when big data arised, my feeling was in the market that no one gave a shit anymore about data warehousing, right? People were just doing something new and tried to solve the same problem in a different way, right? And uh, yeah, data warehousing, I guess, was still a topic for big enterprise and so on, but um, it was not the buzzword, uh, let's say. It was maybe a buzzword 10 years before that, right? And now, um, okay. let's say companies like Snowflake, for instance, right? They are comparable new players. Actually, um, one of the founders originated um, a little bit from Ingress, or actually, this is also wrong. He was actually at a university in the Netherlands. Then, uh, yeah, the Dutch they, guy. What was his name? Mar Martian, Martian Marx, I think. Marcin, yeah, Sukowski or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we worked a bit with him at Ingress. Um, yeah, nice guy. At least Lovely guy. We, we met him a few times and so mm -hmm. on, right? And um, uh, and what they had initially was MoneyDB, right? MoneyDB are kind of this traditional, or what we would call today a traditional Gunham store, right? It was quite uh, new. We, it wasn't traditional at all back then. Yeah, back then <laughs> it wasn't, right? But the idea was similar, right? So breaking up the data into smaller chunks, uh, store the data or um, uh, column-wise instead of uh, uh, row-wise, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, they had some very... Well, I need to be a bit more careful <laughs> how much information is confidential, but they... they so I am not going into the details of any any implementation or whatever, but they, they had some really cool stuff inside it, right, to, to process the data more effectively. I think this is something I can say without risking to, to uh, violate right. any confidential clause. I, yeah, I think I might know what you mean, but yeah, my, my lips yeah. are sealed as well. Yeah, so so meaning they, they had very smart things and um, I believe that Ingress Vectorwise was, uh, because of the design, kind of perfectly suited for something like our data warehousing and specifically yeah. indeed also uh, Snowflake schemas, right? <laughs> And they still have the product. It's, I think, called Action Vector now, right? And uh, Martian progressed and uh, co-founded uh, Snowflake, I, I believe, right? Uh, again, I am not tracking this in detail. <laughs> I just uh, uh, realized uh, over the time that there was some, some movement, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, um, if I'm not totally mistaken, what they are doing is they are providing more. Uh, if, if you look at it from... from from my point of view, it looks more like traditional data warehousing again, right? Hmm. So meaning uh, getting data from somewhere, right? <laughs> Transforming it into the right format, right? Into your hypercubes represented as snowflake schemas and then hmm. uh, provide uh, this as a service. I think what's really smart is uh, when I looked at their website, they are also providing data as a service. So not just a database, but also the data itself as, as a service right so. yeah it's it's interesting okay so do you think okay so so data warehouse obviously aligns with structured data 
So typically, if you have a relational database, yeah. then the approach would be to have some sort of overnight job, right? To populate your yeah. data warehouse and then have have queries in there. So so I wonder if 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 NoSQL, I don't know where we are on the hype curve with NoSQL. I suspect we are past the top peak, right? Because I noticed this in, in, in not stuff. Not so sure about NoSQL, right? Because there, yeah, you, I'm, have to distinguish a bit, uh, you have to distinguish a bit between, let's say, big data systems for analytical purposes and yeah. uh, big data systems, or what means big data, systems for operational or real-time purposes, right? And um, yeah. if you look at, uh, at systems that are suitable for something like real-time uh, purposes, then... I think we already talked about microservices architecture, right? Yeah, and, a little uh, bit. The, the only bit. way how you can basically do this scalable is to use the right operational data stores for the yes. right services and so on. And uh, given the fact that microservices architectures are uh, kind of the state of the art, right? There is nothing, no other hype which replaces it so far, as far as I know, right? Mm. Um, I, I would say this, that operational or let's say multi-purpose operational data stores are still kind of are, are within the hype whereby the analytical uh, big data stores and systems kind of lost a little bit uh, uh, the hype yeah. character, right? And the uh, it, it's, it's swing back towards a more traditional approach again, right? Which is a little bit funny, right? So something it, which... Yeah, would... that, that's what I, what I was getting at in a sort of roundabout way. Uh, I, I noticed that there was a long time I would say, oh, NoSQL is better, it scales better. Obviously, you know, it has some drawbacks. You can't do ad hoc queries in the same flexible way as in relational times i think yeah, we can this agree to, to, this is something which changed right i mean you can you can yes. see that this is a there's a convergence happening in the market so yes. let's say it this way no sequel uh that's not anymore and it actually really quickly didn't mean this anymore or mean no sequel or no query language let's say right so yeah. uh, this is not what it meant quite quickly um it, it basically means not only sql right so instead of needing to process your data by entering our a sql query query by having something to do like parsing the query enumerating the query execution plan right so involving the optimizer blah blah, blah right until mm. you finally scan your indexes and then fetch your data right instead of doing all those steps that might be kind of uh, expensive and might have some some scalability limitations right uh, you can also access the data in an alternative way which might be more efficient for this or yeah. that use case right yeah. which is not something you can easily do with a relational database system because the the design is uh, from scratch or uh, kind of fulfilling a specific paradigm right so meaning yeah no uh, but a paradigm which is designed to be more general purpose let's say right Whereby in, in NoSQL systems, again, I'm, I'm still saying, hey, it's more multi-purpose. <laughs> uh, you, you pick the right, the right system for the right job. And again, there is a convergence in the market happening. You're right. So NoSQL systems are, are adding additional indexing and querying capabilities to support more and more use cases, right? I mean, I'm working a lot with Redis and... Uh, 
Redis Labs is doing the same. So Redis Labs is having tons of modules now, right, for time series data processing, for full text search, for graph processing, and so on, right, in order to support more and more use cases. Um, and the way I see it is, if we uh, go back to this microservice example where we say, hey, the right data store for the right job, this allows you to, to basically uh, build your right data store <laughs> for the right job by having a single mm. uh, data data platform let's say yeah, right yeah. no that makes sense yeah sorry i mentioned databases again um right yeah so what, what was i saying I, I was saying that basically that there was a time when you said okay we are new we are cool so we use no sql which works up to the point where you want to do complicated queries i know there are database management systems uh, mongodb and and couchbase who who are more and more sophisticated with their sql like language that that's fair enough but you know that there are others where where you see if, if you want to collate the data in a way and for whatever reason a, a global secondary index or something doesn't work for you then you find yourself scanning the entire tables and then you're thinking yeah what have I really won here? You know, if, if you have, of course you win scaling, but if you, if you know that you won't have all that excessive data, you know, you yeah. might be better off with a relational and it, it's all about I'm, the right tool for the job. And I, think I know what you're talking about because back, we, back I know what you're talking about, but our, let's say from my experience and I worked for Couchbase, I worked for, with Redis Labs and so on, right? Um, and also for a graph database company in the past and so on. Uh, and uh, there, there are two potential reasons why this is the case, right? Uh, first reason could be you're you're not using the right tool for the job. Right? Oh, that is definitely by the by by having yeah, yeah, 100%. having a, a use case or or where you don't have the tool which fulfills the purpose. Yeah. Uh, let's say right, uh, which might happen uh, again multi-purpose. Or the uh, the other reason could be that uh, you would have in theory the possibility to use this tool in the correct way but you screwed up the physical data modeling in the first place, right? Yeah. So meaning you, you might have been able to model your data physically, and this is the, the thing a bit, right? So, I mean, there, uh, if we talk about data modeling, there's the logical data model in the, or the conceptual, then the logical data model, and then the physical data model. Yeah, of course. And uh, indeed, right, um, let's say, NoSQL is maybe not forgiving you our- No, it isn't. The, this that, uh, this kind of uh, suboptimal physical data model. Yes, and boy, have easy, I been there. Yeah. As easy as a relational database system. I mean, a relational database system kind of hides the fact that you have a suboptimal physical data model to a specific degree by helping you to, to do maybe then 10 joins across 10 yeah, tables, yeah. even if it would not be necessary and storing the data a little bit more denormalized would have uh, a little, little bit less uh, space efficiency or would be less space efficient, but uh, therefore more time uh, or more in favor of time complexity, right? So it's the same problem with relation database systems at the end. Uh, so you could also kind of screw it entirely up by then having to do uh, to chain 10 joins or whatever, right? Yeah, sure. But uh, it kind of compensates it to a specific degree for you, right? By by having the possibility to, to abstract yeah. it better. If you don't model your data right, 
with a system which is a bit more special purpose um, sometimes, right? Then um, sometimes maybe hard to compensate it just by querying yes. the data. And, right. and I have been there. And as, as, as you know, I, I work in a team where we do sort of proof of concept, sort of stuff that hasn't really been done before in that way. So in an environment where there's a lot of uncertainty, so you know it it's not it, it's not rare that the data model changes as we go along and we found out that we've you know that there was something that we didn't know we made we had yeah. to guess we guessed wrong and then we we find ourselves with a with a no sequel with a, a let's call it a dynamo db model that doesn't quite work and we have to introduce yeah. a new relation between data yeah, it's not a big deal because the, the idea, um, so from my experience with modeling data, and I'm not sure why we end up here, right? But <laughs> my experience with modeling data in, uh, in let's say, non-relational database systems, NoSQL database systems also on, right, is um, that are given the, the flexible data model they are, with which yeah, they I are coming usually, yeah. right? The, the data modeling are, let's say, process is a little bit more agile right so meaning you're not you're most likely not having the 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 best uh, the most optimal model physical model for your case in the first shot right uh, maybe you have to iterate on it a bit until you find something which works out but typically it shouldn't be a big deal because the application or service is now in charge of maintaining the the model let's say right yeah uh, whereby in relational database systems it's the database system which makes it a bit harder to to kind of change it on demand right or on the fly and later yeah there, right? I, I don't know right what the right answer is i just i noticed this tendency to just use no sequel by default you know for any data store and you know it's also a psychological problem you know you want in, in a team you know, if you suggest, oh, why don't we use an RDBMS? It, it's like, oh, here comes grandpa again with his relational database. You know, <laughs> here comes the crumpy old corner. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, you know. So, so all, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, let's let's keep an open mind, you know, and let's think about what is the right uh, tool for the job. So here, yeah. the, the, hereby ends my sermon. You know. That's fine. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I also believe that there are use cases where a relational database system is just the best tool. Yeah. Um, and there are other use cases and requirements data. where a NoSQL database system is, is the best tool. And it all starts, from my point of view, with the requirements analysis. And if you have something like scalability and performance, whereby performance needs to be specified a little bit more uh, detailed, let's say, right? But if you have something like really low latency requirements, sub-milliseconds, right? Uh, hundreds of thousands of operations per second and the need to scale this over time, right? Then maybe, just maybe, or, and you have an operational use case, then maybe uh, a NoSQL database system of a specific kind, I, I mean, depends on, which one you're you're going to use in this case, but maybe then it makes really more sense than than going with the relational database systems where well, yeah. you are kind of agree. tend to scale vertically, right? And uh, yeah, so, so so all this work to get your you know all this pain in quotes, you know, with NoSQL when maybe you don't even need that scalability. 
But should should we talk about a bit more about machine AI, learning? AI, I think AI ways. was our last topic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we I got distracted five by talking hours ago, about yeah. <laughs> big data, big data. <laughs> so yeah, we okay, learned fine. this stuff at uni, right? We learned all this stuff, the spec propagation and Cohonan network and and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. the mathematics is kind of kind of there, right? For, for yeah, yeah, I was actually also confused so uh, about the mm. trend. I, I mean and. As far as I see it, and I, I, I kind of, yeah, got into it again a bit when I started to work with Redis, and uh, Redis has a module which is called Redis AI, right? Or let's let's phrase it differently. They initially had a module which was called Redis ML, or it's still there, right? Which is more about uh, let's say linear regression and uh, so okay. on, right? Uh, so let's say more mm. traditional models uh, that are actually not even or uh, let's say neural neural networks uh in, in a sense right but yeah. it, it also could do metrics or operations and stuff like this so so me anyway so our resml and then they they kind of released redis ai as something which is uh, was able to integrate with tensorflow and so on right and and i kind of uh, got into this again gave even a little talk about redis ai and how it works and so on during a conference or uh, uh, i think the year before last year <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> sorry i gave even a con uh, a little talk about uh, redis ai during a conference i think the year before last year and um i was wondering hey why is this currently that hyped right why why are is everyone talking about deep learning and to your point yeah the the mathematical stuff is more or less the same i think the the only difference is or or <laughs> it's not an only it's a, actually it's a uh, the only would be a little bit that, understated right? yeah there, there's new there are new networks or neural networks and algorithms than the ones we we learned in in at uni years ago ages before right because i i, I still remember i mean I, I don't have it completely in in mind which one it was maybe the multi-layer perceptron or whatever right but i i still remember that adding something like additional layers doesn't add any additional functionality right it just are kind of uh it's more effort for you to yeah uh, there to was train the danger the... about over special specialization wasn't there but yeah, the but model... this was a different. This was a different problem, right? The over specialization right. was basically if you trained uh, or it too much, that the function approximation became uh, too too aligned to your input or vector. Yeah, exactly. Right? It just basically uh, learned the specific input. And yeah, exactly. Learn the specific else. input yeah. instead of approximating the yeah. function, which is given or which should be approximated or by the our association between the the given input and the expected output right mm. uh, but uh, yeah I, so back to this uh, new stuff i mean what's really cool nowadays are deep learning algorithms right uh, and uh, okay. so i, I so used what's one different the so the difference is the number of hidden layers so ah. <laughs> maybe you have to explain this a bit so when we were at uni we already learned about input layers hidden layers and then uh, basically output layers right yeah. or an output layer so there was yeah. an input layer there were hidden layers with your neural network uh, which basically represented your neural network and neurons uh, basically were on uh, layer one could only be connected with neurons on layer two and so on right so mm -hmm. uh, kind of 
Um, and typically when we were in uni, this were basically something like two or three layers, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds about I think right. the MLP or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So the multi-layer perceptron uh, is an example which I still have in mind, but I I, I don't know it for sure. <laughs> it was <it's> just too <laughs> was too long ago. Anyway, ago. deep learning, right? Are, so deep learning are, are networks and uh, associated uh, learning algorithms. They they actually use our. Uh, networks that have up to 150 added read layers right so tons of layers really I tons see. of layers and okay. layers are kind of are are getting more specialized or let's say the approximation which is achieved by them um gets more precise uh, per layer i'm really not an expert but um what i Let's say convolutional neural networks, right, are used for image recognition, and uh, let's say the hidden layer one within the first step just be able to distinguish between light and dark, right, uh, within okay. an image. So this is a, a, a dark pixel. This is a light pixel, right? Whereby layer two would already be able to identify shapes. Uh, um, so oh, meaning you, you put in uh, an image, right? And maybe this image is kind of classified into gray or tones or maybe something like that, right? And then you, you pass it further to the next one. And then um, you you basically uh, function approximate into gray tones. And say you pass oh, it to the next one and the next one is already able to, to kind of identify simple yeah. shapes and uh, based on the... Uh, Identified simple shapes, you could in the next step then on layer three yeah, gotcha, identify gotcha. complex shapes, and then uh, maybe on layer four you can identify shapes that look like a flower based on the complex uh, shape or interesting. And what's that? Right? What's that called again? Convolutional Con neural networks. Is convolutional. One the, okay, uh, as in as in convolute, as in putting different things together. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Exactly. So do you do you have to train these layers individually? Or do you just train one and then put the next one on top and train again? With the I same believe input? that there is an automism, automatism. So you, you just train the entire network or it's an entire, entire oh, I see. network. And, and, and the algorithm to... is smart enough to propagate the changes exactly. into the right layer. Exactly. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I had cool. to talk about this, but not about the details, I have to admit, right? Um, so what I did is on, on stages, I, I used a pre-trained network. So a yeah. pre-trained network, which had already, let's say, um, yeah, classifications for a lot of items, right? Or animals, items. So it could identify a car or a cat or a dog or whatever, right? So. Oh. And uh, this pre-trained model was loaded into Redis AI. So uh, for model serving purposes, so Redis AI is a module which you can load into Redis or to Redis. And uh, what it does is it kind of uh, allows you to load our uh, yeah, machine learning or uh, deep learning models. It integrates with TensorFlow and so on, right? Into memory in Redis, right? And uh, kind of do then some some classifications within Redis, right? So uh, it's more about the model serving instead of, uh, okay. let's say, the training of the model. So in the easiest case, you basically load a uh, ready-to-use model, or you could also kind of adapt the model in real time, right? Uh, having it in memory. But anyway, so model serving. And what I did is... Um, the, the demo application I used uh, kind of um, did the following. 
it captured my camera and put uh, every image within a within into a redis stream right so a stream of images right so in a right. in a kind of uh, special format of a specific dimension something which can be processed uh, more easily as input vector let's say by by this network uh, right and then um, after doing this multiple steps or uh, within the hidden layers and so on right you you kind of get uh, uh, probability out uh, for a specific class, right? And um, what I did is I, <laughs> I had, uh, as an example, recognizing cats, right? So uh, image recognition. So, so naturally, you brought a live cat to the stage and held yeah, it up to Yeah, I actually, phone. initially, I planned to do that. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a fun story, right? So um, the demo was done by, by Peter, one of our product managers or one of the product managers at Redis Labs. And um, so, so basically, before, and he used his smartphone basically, right, uh, mm. by by showing or it into the, the cam and doing the the classification, live classification. But um, I thought, okay, maybe this is a bit lame being on stage having a smartphone. So for for a little moment, I actually thought about, hey, why not getting an extra cat? <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I, I mean, indeed, right after something it, it like might not like it, a fraction of a second, I thought yeah. my, uh, there might be <laughs> might be opinions about it, including myself if I think about it, right? That uh, this is not uh, fair yeah, to this it's, animal. It's fine. All you need to do is, is nail her feet to the table so she can't <laughs> go away. Yeah. Uh, anyway, easy. what I decided to do is then I decided to to get a cat which looks like a real one. So I ordered from Amazon a, a real a cat, which, or let's say a, a toy cat, right? Which looked right, like a real cat. cat. And, and I wasn't even aware that there's a market for something like that, but uh, this uh, this little cat was pre-thing, right? So basically... Right. What, yeah. So what it did, So yeah, so basically it, it did not just mimic or visually to be a cat it mimicked to be a cat which is laying around and do some noises and even the belly oh, went, went up and down right so, so the belly so of it, the yeah, it, it just lies there and and sort of the stomach moves up and down. what well, to be yeah, fair yeah, that's I, that's I, what exactly. my cat does about 99 exactly of the time. so it mimicked to be a real cat and said it didn't either or whatever <laughs> right but the the market is for older women i, I learned about this oh, really? then right the market is for older women they don't have uh, the mood to have a real cat anymore right because they need to feed them and whatever so what they buy or maybe the the grandchilds <laughs> i don't know who's actually <laughs> buying it but what they get is a is a, is a is a cat which or a toy cat which has some features of an actual cat right which is just laying in front of uh, whatever uh yeah which is laying around and uh, does some noises and movements of actual cats like does it looks it, like a sleeping if, cat basically if, right? if you pet it too much does it bite you as well because my nah, cat does not that. indeed it just sleeps <laughs> right it just sleeps oh, and okay. makes noises and it's actually it was totally funny because uh, uh initially it was not totally visible on stage that this is a fake cat <laughs> and i posted <laughs> i posted the image on uh, on twitter uh, and uh, got some some kind of feedback that hey you can't do that <laughs> so I, just saying this is a fake cat right it's not a real cat <laughs> 
it you was can fun tell for... it's fake because I'm not bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my kids actually enjoyed it, right? So the the young ones uh, really enjoyed it. So when I took it home later then, and it was hanging around for. Uh, I don't know, maybe three months until it did run out of battery, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. All right, and and it recognized the cat and it put a little box around it, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Demo. So direct yeah. now, so the way how I did the demo was, or not the box, I was showing that or, there was basically on the right hand side there was a live or stream of images of uh, of the camera, on and on the right hand side. Uh, an image would just would only appear right so it was like a little split screen screen application there would only an image appear if uh, the yeah. desired object or animal in this case would would appear right so right. meaning meaning whenever i kind of are uh, yeah put a cat into the camera <laughs> or in front of the camera um, on the right hand side uh, an image of me holding the cat <laughs> was appearing and uh, after a few images it, the image uh, it was reset right so meaning uh, yeah pretty cool but it was a cool demo i uh, really liked it so the day when i went uh, on stage with a cat uh, not a real cat a toy cat yeah <laughs> I think this is probably another thing that's coming, sort of software as a service, sort of pre-trained models. You know, there's the AWS Lex thing, which which powers Alexa, you know, yeah. Lex in the middle of Alexa, right? Get it? So that's what they do for voice recognition. I, I imagine there's, uh, the, you know, there must be, must be a neural network in there. I should really know this, you know. And there's image recognition as a service as as well. You know, just load any image and then, you know, it uses generic models to, to tell you what it thinks is in the image. You know, it says there's a person, there's another person, there's a fake cat, there's a real one. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. I think this, this grew massively last year as mm. well, sort of software as a service, pre-trained models. Makes sense, yeah. Makes mm. sense. Because uh, what, what, I mean, some, some of the models can actually be hardly trained by yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, you you don't have access to no, one thousand objects of different types or whatever, right? So that's the thing. Yeah, you need thousands of images of cats, I imagine, tens of thousands probably, of the same thing, maybe even right. Yeah, so yeah. hundred times a flower or whatever, right? Yeah, just exactly. Just to have enough samples. Or... Yeah, and th and that's just one thing, you know. That's that's just for cats, you know. Yeah. And then you have to do dogs as well. Yeah, and so, cats can have. I mean, the, the network actually even classified the kind of cat, right? So, cat tiger, it. for instance, right? So, with a, really? by looking at the probability, right? It's a cat with a specific probability, and then with a slightly higher one, it's basically a tiger, for instance, right? Yeah, the confidence <laughs> interval, isn't it? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool nice. stuff. Yeah, so next resolution. topic, next topic on the list, if you don't mind, um, and maybe I'll leave it to you a bit more to talk about this, is uh, RISC uh, versus x86, or in other words, maybe if we talk about company names, ARM versus Intel, right? Yeah, I want to, so, yeah. So RISC, I think RISC is an approach rather than anything it just means reduced instructions at computer, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just, that's, that's, just but it's also class. It's also a class of uh, processors. Actually, yeah, also well, quite old, right? I I remember a conversation with one of my uni professors, 
um, where she was basically already telling me that she doesn't like the architecture of x86, and, but she prefers RISC more. And I think she mm -hmm. referred to Motorola or whatever, right, in the past to one of the Motorola uh, I mean, CPUs. We, we studied at the same uni. So was that at university? Yeah, 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 so yeah. This was at I, university. I might have met her as well. Yeah, because I, I don't so. know her name anymore. But uh, we had the practical seminar or whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, you know where we had to mimic traffic lights and uh, use uh, I, assembler or whatever, right? To to do stuff stuff with microprocessors. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember yeah, the, our uni being massively pro risk, and I see where they're coming from. It's probably easier to optimize. You know, but but as you say, it, it's a class of things, isn't it? So there's there's risk, the reduced instruction set, and I think an x86 is a is a CISC, isn't it? A complex instruction set computer. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's and it's all the architecture, you're right. Architecture, yeah. yeah, approaches or categories, whatever you yeah. like. Yeah. And I think what we've really seen this year is is the rise, if well, of of ARM. I mean, I say rise. ARM was already massive. And I think last year it's gone even more massive, even massive far. So there's, I think, in, no, not Intel, the other one, Apple, there's this M1 chip, isn't there? There's M1, a, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, the new Apple Silicon, MacBooks. Apple Silicon, uh, a, mm. aka Apple M1. Which is genius. So they have now an ARM based on ARM based processor. And I'm I'm assuming the new operating system. What what is it? He told me the other Big Sur Big is Sur, compiled yeah. for that. And yeah, it's actually cross-platform, so you can get yeah. it still for the. But yeah. Well, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming on the ARM laptop, it's natively ARM, and indeed, all the applications yeah. that are x86 are emulated. You told me emulated and actually emulated, or I think they call this Rosetta Rosetta version two yeah. because they had already version version one. When they went from PowerPC to, let's say, x86, but um, it's actually quite quite interesting if you look at the benchmarks, right? So um, there are some real-world benchmarks for real activity and so on. You can see that uh, even the emulation outperforms the the native performance of uh, x86 or of the Intel it's CPUs. Crazy, isn't it? uh, yeah. Uh, in some cases, maybe not in every case, but it, it's certainly hard to believe <laughs> right? that native CPU, uh, the native Intel CPU, right? And, and we're not talking about something like an Atom CPU in comparison, right? Or we, we actually no, talk about i7s, i9s, something like that, right? So the, the beasts of Intel, right? And it's actually hard to believe, but it seems to be real that are basically the uh, the emulator is on on this apple m1 is outperforming an x86 of into a yeah. modern one right from what you hear they're so much more efficient i mean as you know all the mobile phone chips well except from apple well or, or is apple now so the mobile phone chips i'm talking about are ARM based or ARM based? These all these Snapdragon CPUs are ARM based. I'm not sure. I lost track. Uh, M12 or whatever, right? So they they basically have their own chips as well for the for the phones. So is, if is I'm that not mistaken, then, yeah, yeah. Is it A12 or M12? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know either. Maybe I mix it up with the M1. But, You're supposed to yeah. be the Apple fan here. Yeah, but or. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. I, I could look yeah. in my into my iPad Pro, right? When this, give me a second. You can continue to talk, yes. and I yeah, exactly. Up, right? So you need a screwdriver and, and a big hammer, and then you can probably have a look. Yeah, um, ARM. There's also A twelve, right? A twelve. Yeah, and or uh, the eight, the Apple A twelve Bionic is a sixty four bit ARM based system on a chip, designed by go. Apple. And there's also the A thirteen. So meaning their phones and tablets and so on are also using ARM based CPUs. Yeah. And it was actually quite interesting to see a little fun anecdote about this ARM. Um, uh-huh. So. You know, I'm a bit an Apple fanboy, <laughs> at least. So oh, yeah, just a bit. Uh, so I had an, um, a MacBook in the past, right? A 12-inch MacBook uh, with an, um, I believe this was called M5, right? An Intel CPU called with an M5. So the mobile, yeah, mobile CPU. Maybe not the most mm. powerful one. Mm. For sure not the most powerful one. But uh, my iPad Pro actually outperformed this box benchmark-wise, right? It's insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a Sam which has a CPU from Annapurna Labs. I said, "What? What is this? Have I bought something cheap again? No, not really. It's it's fast. It's fast enough for a Sam. I mean, you don't expect a Sam to have massive performance. It just needs to drive the discs, right? And then, yeah, later I found out, sure enough, Annapurna Labs." Uh, belongs to Amazon and they design and build ARM-based processors. So Amazon is heavily invested in ARM as well. They've just launched, there was this AWS reInvent, um, what's it called, conference, you know, virtual conference. Yeah. yeah. And, and they have, yeah, out of Annapurna Labs, again, comes this uh, Graviton, apparently the second generation, so the Graviton 2, which is apparently 40% better price performance over x86 by 40 percent better price i i imagine that just comes from does that come from the cost that it you know that to to create the cpus or is that the energy consumption because yeah this this is the question in cloud this is the question in cloud i mean i've worked with a bunch of bigger enterprises in the past and um so bigger enterprises that had data centers own data centers right and uh, energy uh, consumption and and heat dealing with the heat was the main issue right uh, for for them yeah. specifically Heated. dealing yeah, with exactly. the heat and dealing with the heat is consuming our energy again right uh, meaning mm. which looks sounds a bit strange because you would think that heat could be leveraged for for uh, yeah <laughs> uh, kind of transforming uh, heat energy into other energy again but this is not how it works in data centers obviously right so meaning meaning it's a it's a pure uh, waste let's say the heat yeah. in this case so which means that have, if you yeah. get this heat problem under control and the arm based or uh, cpus seem to have are uh, a much be- better ratio between performance versus heat production let's say right um then you also have a cheaper uh, CPU for a data center, right? You save twice, yeah, because they they use less energy and they produce less heat, which you have to so so you exactly. save on your air condition, right? So you exactly. save twice, exactly. So yeah, it, it makes sense, and you can see why with an x eighty six with a complex set of instructions, you obviously need more complex circuits. You know, the electrons maybe have to travel further because it's more complex. 
so more heat is generated. So you can kind of understand why that is, sort of, you know, intuitively. Yeah. Did you know? I'm not. Um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> it's, it's just. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one I'm of not, the stuff that we talked about earlier. Electrons traveling around. So. Oh, they are traveling. These little guys. They are traveling. They are sitting in their little canoe and rowing along the circuit board. So that's at least in my head. And indeed, indeed they works. do do. Yeah. But I, I can't visualize this the same way as you do, right? Think, no, the oh, canoe yeah, is a very important part here. They have to travel a longer way with higher resistance, and this is because we. We have more heat. I, I mean, maybe if you I mean, simplify it, it a lot, this is true. <laughs> it's hard to I mean, imagine. I mean, if, if you simplify something enough, you, <laughs> you get to a point where you can convince yourself that it's true. <laughs> then it becomes a tautology, right? A tautology. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. this, uh, like this uh, study, which I mentioned at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, exactly. This is how... Alternative facts are basically yeah. are. simplify something enough and it becomes false, false but sounds true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with the president's inauguration. I think was the first mention of alternative facts, but yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is hopefully this will be soon over, right? But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I hope yeah. so too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah quite confident so, right I, i'm shutting up now because at some point i want to travel to the us again and <laughs> there's still a very tiny risk yeah. anyway, you, anyway you don't want this uh oh so can you please follow me you don't want that to happen you know uh, anyway so what was i saying um yeah i'm not sure why we we, we started to talk about tech stuff always and we somehow are, are getting politics. distracted all the time it needs to be this year right it's about 2020 it is which, which yeah. is behind us now by the way happy new year right we didn't say this oh, yeah. happy new year. beginning <laughs> hope it's hope it's a better one than 2020 yeah exactly but uh it it, it seems to be a year which kind of um was or inspires us to be very political, right? Because there's so much bullshit mm. happening in the world, right? It's really hard to ignore yeah. it and just focus on technical stuff. Yeah, okay, I fine. Mean, I have two more anyway. topics. Yeah. Two more topics. Um, one which is more interesting than the other. <laughs> you can pick which one <laughs> you find more interesting. Uh, so something which really, which really are, was are at least uh, was promising for me in 2020 was that new consoles are where were released my Sony and Microsoft, right? So I yeah, looked really much. forward to the PS5, right, uh, by owning a PS4. And I also looked forward to the Xbox Series X by owning an, an Xbox, <laughs> Xbox as well. But uh, the problem is you can't get them, right? So that's, that's kind of... See, in this podcast, I'm really, really disappointed, <laughs> right? Mm. Well, that's <laughs> By Microsoft and Sony, right? So I uh, wasn't able to get any any PlayStation 5, right? And it's not that Nothing. I didn't try it. But, and also the Xbox Series, Xbox Series X is not available at the moment in Germany, at least, right? So, so just yeah. in case that, uh, that uh, Sony or Microsoft... <laughs> XX are <laughs> listening to this podcast, which is really, really likely the case, right? Then I, I would be very happy if you could send me a PS5 or <laughs> Xbox Series. <laughs> yeah, sure. In exchange for the, for a review, you know, why not? 
<laughs> actually, actually, there, there is a podcast in Germany which is called Baywatch Berlin, uh, right? Uh, okay. And, and they they have this shameless promotion inside this podcast, and I listened to it yesterday, and this inspired this statement right now. Usually, I would not do this, but uh, <laughs> they they are re they are really <laughs> they they. Yeah, push this to another level. Indeed, they have a much bigger audience and so on, right? Which well, means that uh, that helps. Yeah, which helps. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they are they are kind of telling in this podcast, for instance, ah, I could need to have could need some some running shoes, right, or whatever. And then the next uh, week, the, some some vendor <laughs> sending them some running shoes or whatever. Really? <laughs> yeah. In, and in kind exchange of, for mentioning the brand name basically yeah and they, they make some jokes about it then right <laughs> so so meaning they they kind of take it for humor but <laughs> okay with a, with a slightly sarcastic note but yeah i'm pretty sure that this is <laughs> so or they did a test tasting of of uh, cakes right so christmas cakes uh, so stollen Christstollen, right? Yeah. Not sure what the English word is for Christstollen. No, Stollen. You say Stollen also. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then and uh, and after they did it, they they mentioned uh, that uh, several vendors sent them <laughs> Stollen <laughs> in order to convince them to mention them in the in the podcast, right? <laughs> Just because they tasted three of them. Uh, so yeah, uh, trying this out here as well, right? So. Uh, given that we might have a few listeners. Yeah. Uh, Although an, an Xbox is probably more expensive than a piece of Stollen. Yeah. That, that's true, right? But Which one um, would you prefer? Yeah, I can't then? get it. I, I mean, I would even pay for it, right? But I, I can't get it. Can't get it. I, so I tried one? to get a PS5 sold PS5. out everywhere, right? It's just strange how this is, right? Anyway. Yeah. But what to say about them? I mean, would you like to talk a bit about them or should I continue? Well, there's not much to say. I, I, I believe they are all AMD based now. So what happened there? Has, has NVIDIA, have they lost their edge? Is NVIDIA no longer the leader? What, what happened no, there? I think, it it's more about the, uh, no, it's, I think it's more about getting everything from one, from one platform, right? So AMD uh, kind of uh, provides... Uh, CPU I think well. in the PC world they call it APUs, right? Where the CPU is bundled with the GPU and so on, right? APU? And What's an APU? Accelerated processing unit, I believe. I, but I don't know. Let, ah. me, let me kind of uh, look it up, right? Okay. So, but it's is it just one chip now? The CPU yeah, and yeah, the GPU? Yeah, exactly. There's everything in one chip. Really? Okay. Okay, and NVIDIA doesn't doesn't do that well, i'm sure they do they must exactly they, they don't have they don't have the cpu uh, really part maybe that's it, why right? they bought they bought arm yeah i guess so right. they bought arm for 40 billion us dollars that's uh, crazy what is an apu because arm doesn't accelerated actually... processing unit man i'm so good right nice well done <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so meaning, what they do is they. I mean, Apple or sorry, not Apple. Or AMD has or did did kind of acquire our ATE, right? So the Radeon or stuff, right? So the graphic cards are are yeah 
division, let's say, right? And uh, so they now have uh, quite a bit of knowledge in uh, doing our graphic cards and CPUs. And CPUs as and, well. It's probably and also combine yeah. it in a single chip, right? Basically. Yeah. I'm not sure if, they, or if the PlayStation and so on have actually a single chip, but uh, anyway, so the platform is more or less provided by, by AMD, right? And uh, the, the specs are looking very, very, very promising, right? Okay. So, so, uh, so what what is the USB? Can you can you game in 4K now? Is that what yes, it is? yes. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, well, I think uh, the um, PS5 has now uh, six teraflops or something like this, right? Or mm. okay. No, thirteen dot three teraflops, right? That's is that a lot? Sounds like a lot. Yeah, let me look at it. So yeah. it has an AMD Zen 2 CPU. I believe this is more or less what the Ryzen stuff is using right now, right? Uh, 16 gigabyte GDDR6 RAM, uh, a one terabyte NVMe SSD, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, our chip, uh, the graphics chip is coming with 52 compute units uh, uh, that are having 1.825 gigahertz, right? And so the total compute uh, power was estimated with 12.15 teraflops, right? I'm not sure if teraflops is the best uh, is the best uh, kind of metric uh, because it's kind of just calculated, uh, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. It's going back to what we said earlier. There are more dimensions to this problem. Yeah, but I mean, they are they are basically like PCs from the specs, right? So if you look at this, oh, I, I mean, it's uh, it's not too I far away from. Oh yeah, from I mean the, the Xbox a, has a has a pretty much only slightly modified version of Windows on it. You know. Can, can you say this again? Oh, the uh, the Xbox has a Windows on it. Just a slightly modified version of Windows. Has it? No, you're kidding. It has. It has oh, Windows on it. The okay, Xbox fine. has Windows on it. One hundred percent. Fine. So uh, <laughs> strike the so Xbox, you're using Xbox Windows, One you? X. Uh, or oh, sorry, the Xbox Series X. Right. Please strike it <laughs> from my wish list. <laughs> <Right>. oh. <laughs> I'm going with the PS5. So. I mean, it's Microsoft. I mean, what would they put on it, right? A Linux or not? Mm. I mean, they they have tons of Linux no. now running on it's, Azure. It's DirectX based, so they have basically sort of a reduced Windows. That's just the only job is to run DirectX, yeah. which is the you know the graphics thing. But they 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 are really paying. I mean, they are really uh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. They are Microsoft. <laughs> I was going to say they are really paying license fees to to Microsoft. But they, uh, sorry, so well, stop. <laughs> Wait a second. They are Microsoft. Yeah, let's right? think so, that through. Yeah. So this this totally makes sense, right? I, I think the the uh, our PlayStation is running a a BSD based operating system, right? Mm. Which is, uh, which sounds much. I would more. imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think I've read before, about it yeah, yeah. because yeah, what yeah. I what I did by being frustrated. So uh, just in case that Sony or Microsoft is listening, which I doubt, but because I was frustrated not being able to buy the new PS Five, right, and right. Uh, yeah, being a uh, being yeah, 
I don't know. I did. I didn't want to buy a new console. <laughs> it's just the case, and I, I, I mean, I, I already had an Xbox. I already had a PS4. I, to be honest, I had already a, a Switch uh, Lite, right? But I decided to buy a Switch now, right? As yeah. To overcompensate the fact that I couldn't get a PS5. So, and the, the side effect is basically, or what means the side effect, the, the the nice effect, and this was how I sold it to my wife, is, is that, uh, that this is for the family. I mean, the Switch is really nice. I mean, it has uh, an NVIDIA uh, chip, right? Uh, so Tekra, if I'm not mistaken, which is a bit mm -hmm. dusted and so on. But uh, so it, regarding the power, it's even not uh, comparable with the PS4, I would say. But... It's really nice for uh, for something like uh, family games, right? So something like Mario Kart or uh, Just Dance or whatever, right? So stuff which you would typically not play on an Xbox, uh, let's say, right? Yeah. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have a Switch as well. I, I used to have consoles, but... Um... I don't remember it. I, I remember it was in February, but I don't remember if it was 2020 or 2019 where I, where I built up a gaming PC and I've, I've never really looked back. And it's, it's, it's just a year or, you know, two years, depending on which is true. Um, and I'm already seeing, oh, I probably need to invest again. Because, you know, I, I played sort of old games, five, five six-year-old games, and I could set the graphics to maximum to ultra or whatever and now i just got the latest assassin's creed the viking one valhalla and yeah i have to go to medium you know so <laughs> not even high which is yeah. depressing so there's a there's an nvidia 1660 ti in there which is sort of which was even back then was sort of mid-range you know, there's an Intel i5 in there, which is, of course, mid-range Which also. one? The, uh, the uh, 1660 Ti or... 1660 Ti, yeah. That's the one. So it, it was mid-range like a year it's ago. It's not too bad. It's actually it's not okay. too bad, right? It's okay. So, yeah, and so now I, I wonder if my i5 is the bottleneck. So I have to do some more benchmarking. I suspect it might be the CPU. But I yeah. don't want an i7 because they get so freaking hot. Yeah. yeah, I mean my my son is uh, my 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 oldest son is sixteen now, and he's making jokes about me because I'm I'm now playing on console. You're, right? you're a casual, I think it's called. Uh, exactly. This you're is a console said, casual. Right? <laughs> yeah. In the past, I was playing on on a gaming PC as well. I even had a gaming PC in my living room and so on, right? Mm. With Steam on it and so on. Yes. But um, let's say nowadays, actually, I'm not finding time to play games anyway, right? To be very honest, it's so yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't invest anymore. I, I mean, actually, it's not true. I invest in the games because I, I'm I have something like hope that i will be able to, to play it <laughs> but reality is whenever i buy a game which is more than a than a very stupid quick game right then i'm not finding time to do it i, I mean yeah. something like uh, assassin's creed right um one episode i, I started to play and uh, maybe spent half an hour and then didn't find time to play it again. I oh, started no. to play Witcher um, and I would never complete it, right? And um, oh. so the only games I'm currently playing are basically, and this is why the Switch made kind of sense, are currently a bit the uh, uh, multiplayer games. Um, 
which you can play with your kids, right? So for instance, with my oldest, uh, my second oldest son, so I'm 13, I'm now playing uh, Rocket League, right? Yeah, uh, I know Rocket League. We play is, it on the Switch, yeah, yeah, as well. Uh, on the Switch, and uh, you can play it, uh, especially because we have multiple Switches, so two Switch lights and one big Switch now, right? Um, you can basically play it uh, together, uh, online <laughs> against each other and across That's different awesome. rooms or or in split screen mode and stuff like this right it's actually quite cool or injustice uh, 2 is a game which we are playing a lot which is like a, a lighter version of mortal kombat right um, yeah <laughs> uh, mortal kombat is a bit extreme for a 13 year old and uh, one of my favorite games since ever is actually uh, Street Fighter, right? So meaning oh, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> are the Xbox Xbox 360 version uh, on disc uh, is the one which I'm playing there. Nice, <laughs> nice. My wife has the Super Smash Brothers, which is yeah, yeah. pretty Super much the same game, isn't it? Nah, I know it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's I know you different. would say that, but it's sort of the same sort of category of game. Can it's the same category, right? Okay, it's, fine. It's like yeah, comparing I, Super Mario Bros. with Two Rock, right? What you just okay. did. F- fair enough. You know. Just okay. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. Yeah. No, for for me, yeah. You know, not finding time. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, you work a lot. I know you work a lot. You you work crazy hours. Uh, yeah, but but for me, I I try it because it it relaxes me so much. I I enjoy it so much. Specifically, Assassin's Creed, where you have the feeling that it's at least a little bit cerebral because they try to be historically accurate. So while you murder people, you also learn stuff about history, which is which is great. And it, I just you know I I just enjoy it so much. So I so I tend to just make time if I can. But it, another difference is obviously you have small children. You know, my children yeah, yeah. are 18 and one, 16. So. One year and three year yeah, old one, right? They, just, they keep you know. me busy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, mine don't need that much attention anymore. Yeah. So so maybe that's a thought. Maybe that's my Whereby thought I have for to you. Say it gets better. Year, my 13 year old one needs more attention than my one year old one, right? I have to say. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just small just children small problems big children big, big problems exactly exactly yeah. so now this was the one topic and again you might or might ex- or decide if this was more interesting or less interesting than the next one the next one is programming languages yes it's a uh, good topic it's a fun topic yeah, actually i didn't day. compare it i didn't compare it with the last year's statistics <laughs> i missed this a bit but uh <laughs> Yeah, what do we think is the the number one programming language? Um, yeah, for currently. me, what? Yeah, if if you look at well, depending on what you look at. So, there is most used, there is most loved. I, I like the Stack Overflow survey because it it differentiates, right? So if if you typically you come into a job, a code base exists, right, and you just have to deal with that. But you know, if if you if you could use any language you wanted to, you know, what language would that be? And it's quite interesting how different these two things are. So most used, so according to the Stack Overflow thing, uh, most used JavaScript, HTML, CSS, SQL, Python, you know, Java even, 
you know, the, the top five, the ones you know. But if you look at the most loved column, it's completely different. Well, there's still Python, because Python is a very popular language. But the order is Rust, TypeScript, Python, Kotlin, and Go. So a very, very different top five. And then there's so, Julia, Julia, Dart, C-Sharp, Swift. I mean, C-Sharp is in the top 10 at least, right? So C-Sharp is there, yeah. Also most used and most loved, so that's good. C-Sharp's not a bad language. Used it for 12 years. It's a great language. Yeah, I, I don't think that C-Sharp is a bad language. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But TypeScript has jumped up massively. I think it's jumped up something like four places from last yeah, year. Actually, you still year. have to look into it. Uh, well, if, if you know JavaScript and if you yeah. know C-Sharp, you, you know TypeScript already. Okay, it's, cool. So I know, is, I'm an expert, I, right? Basically. Yeah, I think the purists <laughs> might disagree, but for me, it's it's a mix between JavaScript and, and C-sharp. It takes the best bits of both. And okay. sort of, it becomes a super language for me. It's my favorite language. Super language. Super right. language. Actually, I find even weird that they mention SQL there, right? So it's like yeah, structured it's not, query language, uh, one of the most though? used programming languages, right? So it's... I mean, TSQL is a language, but... Yeah, Peter SQL is a language, I would say, right? Exactly, TSQL, because you can write yeah, but, stored procedures. But yeah, I mean, but, to be fair, maybe partial. It's a language, right? There's language in name, but it's it's yeah, not it really though? imperative, it right? It's more declarative. Uh, let's say. Yeah, it should be query description. Yeah, well, it does say that structured query language, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, anyway, but fine. And there's language. the Octoverse, uh, Octoverse um, uh, ranking, right? Done by GitHub, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And they also say the order is JavaScript, Python, Java, TypeScript, C Sharp, PHP, C++, C Shell, and Ruby. And then I stopped, right? And uh, for That's fine. Yeah, Fun fact, actually, Redis is usually one of the most loved, if not the most loved database in the Stack Overflow survey, right? So I, did, I didn't know that. Uh, so actually, okay. I'm not sure if it is this year, but it was the end last year, right? So let me, uh, Redis most loved. <laughs> <laughs> Are you writing this down at the minute? <laughs> yeah, Redis, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up. Redis is oh, the right. most loved database for the fourth year in a row. So I didn't, I didn't have this wrong, basically. Really? So database out of all databases, out of InfluxDB and uh, SQL Server and, and Couchbase, so everything that's considered a database is in there. Right? I mean, I worked for Couchbase in the past, right? But uh, Couchbase actually, um, I think in the, those rankings, historical scene was more uh, getting, yeah, something like the, the most hated one, right? Mm. Uh, so no, I just did in, in the survey you mentioned. These yeah, in the survey, loved. the survey, yeah. So yeah. basically in 2019, um, or is this the this the 2019 survey which I just found? Okay, so I have to look for the 2021. I should know this, <laughs> but let me look. Or uh, in 2019, it was Redis, Postgres, Elasticsearch, Firebase, MongoDB, MariaDB, Microsoft SQL Server, SQLite, and MongoDB, MySQL, Cassandra, Oracle, and then Couchbase. <laughs> it's Couchbase really? was even after. 
Oracle, which tells you a bit. Right? So, <laughs> again, Oracle, I, again I, I worked for them in the past. I have nothing against them and so on, right? So, um, wow, it's, uh, that is harsh. But, uh, but in the survey, they, they, yeah. uh, they don't look good, right? Let's see. Oracle is hated all over the world, isn't it? Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. So I don't know what they did wrong in order to get this position, right? <laughs> mm, I don't um, know. Maybe it's licensing. Maybe they have a dodgy licensing. I don't know. I don't know. Most loved database uh, 2020. Let me see if this was... So mm. stick overflow. Hmm. Ah, survey 2020. Here we go. Developer survey 2020. Now I need to find my my way through it, right? Sure. Ah, okay. Most loved. Yeah, it's Redis again in 2020. Wow. Well, congratulations. And Couchbase climbed up one one place. So Redis. Postgres, Elasticsearch, MongoDB, Firebase, MariaDB, SQL Server, DynamoDB, SQLite, MySQL, Cassandra, Couchbase, Oracle, and then IBM DB2. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I also had a little look at most loved platforms, and you know, as AWS is my employer, I was quite happy to see that it is, you know, the, the top cloud provider out yeah. of all the cloud providers. There are other platforms in there, but yeah. Azure, the next highest competitor, comes way further down the list. Um, platforms, I see here Linux, Docker, Kubernetes, AWS, Raspberry Pi. Yeah, exactly. It's actually so surprising it's... that AWS was before the Raspberry Pi, right? I would have imagined that Raspberry Pi is much more loved, right? But okay. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. It's it's a strange list. Have AWS together with Raspberry Pi is because they're, you know, they have very little in common, I would think. Then there, then there comes macOS. After Raspberry Pi comes macOS, Microsoft, then Microsoft Azure, then iOS, then Google yeah. Cloud, Windows, Android, Arduino, Slack, apps and integrations, Heroku, IBM Cloud, or Watson, and then WordPress. Right. Is Heroku still around? I think I've used it once years ago. Yeah, 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 it's oh. still around. Yeah, yeah, very good. Developer's primary operating system is still Windows, right, by the way, in the survey. Which is kind of depressing because I started, well, it's probably not by choice. You know, most corporate laptops are in, in Windows or on Windows. I'm, I'm kind of fortunate. I, I had a choice, you know, Windows, Mac and Linux. So I have, I have a Linux and I'm quite happy. And also just a few years ago, if you are a C-sharp coder, you know, Windows it is. But, you know, it, it, it took uh, .NET Core to come along and Visual Studio Code to come along to be platform independent because something like Visual, Visual Studio, you, you can't just move that off Windows. You know, there yeah. is a Mac version, but it's not the same. It is. So, I mean, I'm using the Mac version. And it's actually quite sophisticated. Of Visual quite... Studio. Uh, no, Studio, of Visual Studio Code. code. Oh, no, ah, code entirely different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. As, as you know, you've used yeah, Visual yeah, yeah, Studio in the yeah, past. I am. Exactly. You've even done C Sharp. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I went away from the dark side, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm not the dark side. It's, it's also, I'm, I'm basically 
now with the second place which is macOS, right so my my daily operating system is typically macOS, which i personally find better than windows but this is a, a matter of taste i would say and uh, in the past i also used linux as my operating system mm. yeah, for no, development I'm, I'm purposes uh, at ingress for instance i was using my laptop had a linux on it right yeah i mean the, the only windows i now use so, so walk is linux privately is linux the sun is on linux and i have a little raspberry cluster obviously on linux the only windows i still need is for gaming but there's also stuff coming so there's obviously a steam client for linux yeah since and ages since ages I'm yes using this since ages, ages and and a number of games is supported on yeah. linux also since ages probably these are OpenGL games games that are written in a platform independent exactly way. but there's also a, a way to translate open or direct x into yes OpenGL, to OpenGL. Right? what's it called proton something like that yeah it could be yeah i think there's a technology i i tried it it, it works surprisingly well i, I stopped doing it because i had the occasional crash and i thought well might as well boot windows and have no occasional crash but it's it's not far away yeah, yeah. so it's interesting so maybe gaming on linux is soon to become a reality Interesting is that Rust, by the way, uh, coming back to this topic, interesting Mm. is that Rust is the most loved uh, programming language right now. And I still haven't looked at it. Is that the C++ replacement thing? Yeah, intended to be, right. Mm. Yeah, I was was just saying that C++ is a great language, but with all these backward compatibility back to the, I don't know, 70s, there's so much syntactic insanity going on in C++. That I, I think it becomes unusable. So something like Rust was really overdue. Yeah, let's yeah. see. I need to. I still need to take a look. Actually, we we plan to have a, a session with the in the, uh, uh, the Linux in laws, right? That's the that's the name of. Oh those yeah, guys. yeah. That that is happening. Yeah. Are they invited us, right? Uh, they invited us, but. Uh, Christoph is already getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we say this on the podcast? <laughs> no, Christoph, we love you, right? So, yeah, we will, we will basically uh, join you, maybe guests and so on. And maybe you can explain us a bit about Rust, because I know he loves Rust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like that. So I, I can learn something. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Should be interesting to see this this guest thing. Yeah. Let's see. And they will be guests with us or later then. Or this is the plan, right? So, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Might be cool. Fun. Um, yeah. I think we, we already took one hour and, or, yeah, <laughs> 40 minutes. Or I'm not sure how much it will be after we cut this stuff out, which... <laughs> <laughs> probably cut out 90% of that yeah uh, exactly so cut cut all the political stuff will be cut out right so oh but that's the fun stuff yeah and I, I was just kidding man so we, <laughs> I know. indeed keep it but uh, yeah. Yeah. so uh, meaning um, we had some other topics here right yeah um, let's leave it I think you had a topic we had 20 other topics <laughs> if I yes, look at it, your list uh, so, so okay so how many topics did we pass five in one hour so it's only four more hours maybe next time right so 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe what we can do is we can quickly read it, right? So I was going to talk about uh, one highlight in 2020, or which uh, is a kind of side note, was Redis 6, right? Redis 6 and Kotlin, uh, there was re the release of 1.4, where they, where they kind of, uh, yeah, wanted to improve uh, the way how Kotlin uh, backends share a lot of logic. Uh, and uh, I think they call it ER. AIR intermediate representation uh, for compiling and stuff like this, right? Anyway, Thomas, or uh, maybe you can quickly go over your list and then uh, yeah, maybe... not not all of them. Yeah, yeah, just just some some notes. Um, there's a new package manager which I learned about this year. I should say Node package manager because you know context is important. Uh, you know, the Node Package Manager for Node is called, well, Node Package Manager NPM. And there's a new one, PNPM, which is better in pretty much every way. It's more stable. It's quicker. It can deal with mono repos, you know, where you have multiple package files and all that. So, you know, learned about this one this year. Absolutely. What is the P it. standing for? Is the P professional or pretty or what is it? You know, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that because I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I will Google it in the background, right? Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go ahead and, and we'll get back to it. Uh, something interesting I saw because I'm, I'm hosting a static website for my personal stuff uh, using Jekyll. And Jekyll is, is nice, but you have to install all these Ruby business and these gems. And for somebody who doesn't use Ruby, that's a pain. So I found something which is called 11t.dev, so 11ty.dev, which is a node-based static site generator. And I'm, I, I would love to give it a go one day. So, you know, that's a little interesting find. And then maybe maybe one more one more blazer is a, is a great thing so this is a back in the microsoft world I'm, I'm no longer working with microsoft but i still follow the news blazer which is a web assembly based framework so you you code your whole application so it's it's a little bit although they would hate to say this a silver light replacement so you code your application and then the framework kind of decides what runs on the client what runs on the browser and under the hood it uses web sockets for the communication and web assembly to run your code on the browser so there's c sharp and that compiles down to web assembly which i find pretty cool you know, WebAssembly mm -hmm. is finally getting there where it needs to be. And yeah, what, what else is fun to note? So .NET 5 has come out for the .NET guys. Interesting. And one more thing, which is about desired states. So there's a thing called Pulumi, where you can define your state. And this is the context of deployments, right? Your cloud deployments. And you, you always have this problem of desired state. You define your state. And then you need the cloud to, to, to maintain that state, right? If your desired state says, okay, I, I have a load balancer and three machines on there or whatever, then, and then you change something, then the change is propagated to the, to, the, to the cloud, to the hosting environment, if you know what I mean. And all the classic tools for that, like CloudFormation and AWS and the Azure Resource Manager templates and the Azure Cloud, they use some sort of, either YAML-like or JSON-like description. 
which which is fair enough, which is fine. But Pulumi comes along and says, why can't we use any language? So Pulumi has plugins for for nodes. You can use TypeScript. You can use C Sharp to define your desired state. So what's the point? So the point is obviously developers don't have to learn a new language in as much as YAML or JSON is a new language. It isn't really. Yeah, exactly. But there's that, that thing. And also that there's one more thing, which is you can apply code styles and linting to it because obviously all the tools that apply to TypeScript will also work there because it's still TypeScript, right? So you can you can achieve a consistent code style you can have it more modular so once you've seen a 30000 line cloud formation template is in types you know, you've, using you've JSON, seen hell json for describing objects wow. yeah I, I know but it also gives you modularity and and you know better tooling integration all the stuff that you get from a good programming language mm. right so so it, it it bridges the gap between massive 30,000 line YAML files and source code on the other hand, which I find very, very interesting. And yeah, I think these are sort of my tooling tooling picks for 2020. Yeah. Sounds Back good. to the studio. So I think we covered a lot, maybe too much today, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Probably, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so those were things that were eye-catching in 2020 for us, right? So we are looking forward to 2021 and hope this year will be a bit better than uh, oh, yeah. twenty. Whereby I have to say, right, well, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe it's hard to generalize, but um, I have the feeling that we in the IT uh, industry or software and so on, right, we are still we are still kind of uh, lucky right so yes it could be we much worse. lightly right. oh yeah absolutely because we walk from home anyway and it's not really a problem so yeah exactly and and uh, my experience is actually that companies like or maybe experience is too much but i'd say there are statistics that are saying that companies like amazon <laughs> aws for instance actually are did make money during the crisis because of the need for digitalization or let's see right yeah i mean the shares went up like 60 percent amazon shares exactly so meaning and this is all over the place i would say right with other companies as well so a lot of companies Mm. i know actually did very well during the crisis um because they basically have as their business uh, to uh yeah or provide scalable or solutions for IT businesses and uh, other businesses as well, right? So meaning, um, yeah, and this is something which is pretty much needed in the in such times, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, right. I wish everyone who is listening to this podcast a happy new year, right? So, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, Michael. Happy New Year, Michael. <laughs> and Christoph and Martin and uh, whoever is listening to this, right? Uh, actually, our the, the number of listeners slightly increased again with the last episode, right? When Michael yeah, because it was a great us. episode. I found yeah, it was a great episode. Michael was really good. Testing and some testing software and uh, yeah. So if you didn't see. Uh, or listen, see is a bit hard. Yeah, if you didn't listen to to other episodes of Crumpy Okoda so far, then um, 
Yeah, go to crumpyoldcoders.org. So crumpy minus old minus coders.org, right? And there you should find uh, all of them and also links to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, right? So this way you find it and SoundCloud. So SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and um, a new thing actually, which I didn't mention before, oh. is if you scroll down, <laughs> down, down, down on this page, you will actually also find an invite to our Discord server, right? So we now have a Discord server which should give you the possibility to kind of talk directly to us if you want, right? So I, just if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. I noticed yeah. even there's one person boosting the server. I have, I, to be fair, I have no idea what that means. You know what boosting the server means. Yeah, I have to. I'm I have to. I, have I think to it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it looks really nice that he did it, right? But it's my 16 year old son who basically has a lot of. I, I'm not sure how they call it Discord. Who has a lot of Discord karma, right? And uh, ah. he he knows how to how this stuff works. And uh, he meant that he if he is boosting the server, I didn't ask him for, to do it, right? He he just did. Um, so meaning, uh, he told me that he if enough people boost the server. We basically get some extra features in Discord, right? I nice. don't need. I don't know what this means. Actually, yeah, I, <laughs> I have to look at it. But uh, I'm not so trendy, such trendy with Discord and so on, right? This yeah. the podcast is called Crumpy Old Coders, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wouldn't be on brand if we understood what boosting a Discord means. But it's probably a good thing. There's a little gem displayed, so I imagine it's a good thing, probably. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, yeah, thanks for he, that. He explained it to me, uh, but I forgot about it. <laughs> it's I, I think uh, has something to do with the could it be the video resolution in in calls uh, in Discord calls? It's uh, if you are not boosted, it's limited to a specific resolution or something like that. Yeah, okay. right? And yeah, uh, we switch our videos off anyway. I mean, Discord is actually not too bad, right? I mean. Yeah, I didn't. Great, I didn't. I didn't use it in the past uh, before Michael kind of um, introduced us to it. Mm. Um, but I, I saw it here and there um, for communities again. Um, and I have to say, I mean, I use Slack a bit uh, for quite a lot actually in the past. And uh, Discord looks and feels a bit like Slack, right? Don't want to make any advertisement, but it's more or uh, for communities, right? So. Uh, yeah, Discord is pretty much for communities. Uh, it kind of yeah. has a nice look and feel, or uh, gives you the possibility to structure everything into channels, right? Uh, has uh, free voice calls uh, and so on. And again, um, feels a little bit for me. It feels a bit like a, a modern IRC <laughs> or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do with exchanging texts, right? So you're always sort of gonna hit the same sort of problems and uh you know uh in interaction what's the word interaction metaphors i think the ux people call it so yeah so so eventually they're all going to look the same but yeah no but i i love it so yeah thanks again michael yeah you can also screw it entirely up right uh, if you ever use teams then you know what i mean right yes teams is is not great I've, I've used it. I've used it before. It's, hmm. And you're a Microsoft fanboy, right? I, I'm, I'm a Microsoft fan, and I was like, "Ugh, really?" Yeah. My son has now, to use now, it now for homeschooling yeah. purposes, and I'm when I saw it the first time, I was yeah, like, of course. 
I, I, it, I mean, it's maybe just me, right? And maybe it's unfair, <laughs> but it, it looked like a like the weird attempt to clone something which is already there, but do it worse, do, right? Do it worse, yeah, exactly. It's just it's a bad Slack clone, really. I mean, the usability is really. I mean, it's maybe also just the the settings of the of the school, and they don't know how to use it or whatever. But I had the feeling that the usability is a bit of a nightmare, right? So Microsoft, <laughs> if you listen to this and because you want to send me my Xbox uh, One, uh, <laughs> Xbox Series X. Now uh, actually, no, we, we clarified this already, right? There's a Windows on it, so we'll keep it. But uh, <laughs> but Teams, I, I don't know, right? So, so yeah, I same. had, for instance, this strange experience that... Um, the school i'm even not sure if the school of my son is using this correctly right so every teacher has his own team basically right so right in, in teams and uh, so there's a, a team 7b it's like a group i imagine yeah 7b math right or yeah. mathematics 7b german language whatever right so meaning every teacher has his own team and then they have sub channels or channels within the team right and sure every every teacher is basically the uh, the default channel and then they they basically created special purpose channels but the special purpose channels are by default hidden or at least with mm. the setup they are using right so it's a little bit of a usability nightmare to go into every single <laughs> team and say show hidden channels right uh. select them safe right it's like what the hell yeah, I also found sort of the video quality, the compression is, uh, could be better. And yeah, I, I don't know. This, mm. I'm not sure. But actually, they, they, they acquired Skype, right? So they should know how it look, could look better in, in a sense. I mean, anyway. Yeah, that's but, the crazy thing. I would have expected it to work exactly like Skype, but somehow. Yeah, somehow I, they I don't know. kind of, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's hard to judge, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, at, at Amazon, we are, of course, as Amazon is, they don't want to pay license fee to anyone. So at Amazon, we have our own thing. It's called Amazon Chime, which is really? a tool that nobody has ever heard before because they're not make it's it's available to everyone, but they're they're not advertising it. You know, maybe it's not there yet. It it it's rock solid, so it works all the time it's it's crazy how well it works but the user interface is a bit eh, you know the 90s have called they want their user experience back sort of thing <laughs> yeah but but it works it works oh man, oh, man. <laughs> I, sh I shouldn't say this about my employer but you know I, I don't think anyone would disagree with me but it does work it's really stable yeah neat yeah IRC also works, right? As a well, there is that, yeah. There but we, but we designed not for IRC. I, I mean, actually, it's even cool and so on. But uh, yeah, Discord it is, and uh, Discord it is. Yeah, so if you like to join our Discord uh, server, which is really easy, the only thing you have to do is to install Discord and then follow this uh, link, and you land in our lobby, and yeah. Um, that's it and there's a feedback channel and also a media channel feedback feel free to provide some feedback right media you can access the episode of crumpy old quarters there again and whatever right and uh, yeah so yeah don't let us feel lonely yeah, <laughs> join our exactly. discord <laughs> join our discord yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, fine. In this sense, uh, Happy New Year and uh, yeah, see you soon. Thank you. All right. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Bye.